a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., you know that there is so much to take in. All of the historical monuments, and museums, and cemeteries, and then and then the, st- the stuff that's still operating, kind of, like, uh, you know, Supreme Court and Capitol Hill, White House, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's absolutely no way that you can take in uh, the whole city in just one trip. So with everything there is to see, uh, and so much more for me personally to see, uh, it's probably not the most uh, efficient use of my time uh, every time I go to make a trip to the second floor of the Library of Congress every every single time I go uh, to read this uh, now uh, politically incorrect uh, quote from Francis Bacon that reads, uh, reading maketh a full man, conference a ready man, and writing an exact man. Now, as a lover of writing, so that quote is literally, it's, it's like in tiles on the second floor of the Library of Congress. Anyway, as a lover of writing, uh, which is, uh, by the way, different than a lover of reading, okay, <laughs> those words truly, they speak to me of the exacting nature and the virtue of writing, uh, perfectly communicating and inspiring others with words. And every time I read it, uh, and every time I've read it since, it, it, just, it just hits me with this sense of awe and appreciation for the gracefully uh, and grace-filled written word. So, what does that have to do with manna and today's guest? Well, today's guest embodies that quote to me, uh, that virtue to me, and that appreciation for the inspired word in both sacred and secular texts, uh, really more than anyone that I've personally had the, the privilege of meeting. Uh, he is a writer. Uh, he's a speaker. He's a professor uh, with a deep, deep passion for Catholicism, for history, literature, uh, and current events, and he's somehow able to weave all of those things together for his readers and listeners and fellow parishioners, of which I'm honored to say I'm one, uh, in a way that somehow, somehow simultaneously brings our faith both closer to our everyday lives while also elevating it to this amazingly still accessible, awe-inspired. can't thank you enough for that unbelievably warm and overly generous introduction. Oh. So it's a pleasure to be here with you. It is great. Great to have you on the show. And 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 really, for those that do know you, and a lot of our Mana listeners know you, uh, they're blessed to know you. They, they know that uh, even though I am prone to hyperbole, uh, there was nothing <laughs> hyperbolic in that introduction. And it really, that inter- the, the intro could have gone on... Uh, forever, um, which uh, would have been very ironic given your scrutinizing literary talents. <laughs> so uh, so instead of putting this little part in your intro, I'm going to put it into the first question. So the first time I met you uh, was a, a couple of years ago. I was an RCIA sponsor yeah. and you were speaking to our class 
uh, and, and sitting there, I had the privilege just by dumb luck sitting kind of at the same table. And I was listening to you drop more GK Chesterton and CS Lewis quotes <laughs> than I had on my greatest hits list. So th those are two guys. I'm usually the guy in the room, like dropping that stuff. And then I'm listening to you going, Oh my gosh, this is like my soulmate here. Uh, you know, I thought I went deep and you took it to a whole, uh, a whole deeper level. You, as I mentioned in the intro, you have such great knowledge and appreciation for those two guys specifically, but really the broader literary influence on faith. And so when did that emerge for you? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, my love for reading, and I'll get to Chesterton and Lewis in a second, but my love for reading, it began as a, as a little kid, uh, you know, my family's house um, my dad made these kind of relatively low expense bookshelves that lined um, entire floors uh, mm. of our house, just filled with books. And my mom was a voracious reader, English teacher in her, before she was a stay-at-home mom. But um, I just remember walking through all these books and just thinking about the stories and the tomes of knowledge that were kind of held within the binding of these things. And, and so just being surrounded, I mean, it's, it's interesting because books, the presence of books, I think just make you kind of want to live your game or play your game a little bit at a higher level. So, mm -hmm. so being surrounded by that, um, and then having a family that, that just insisted that if you want to know, you need to read. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so doesn't, that doesn't mean that when I wasn't, when my dad had a checklist of our responsibilities each day and he said, read 10 pages a day, I didn't mean, it doesn't mean that I didn't sometimes fudge a little bit uh, on yeah. getting those 10 pages done, but, but over time, and especially I'll say during medical school, um, when I didn't have time to read anything, but that, which was assigned to me, uh, I started buying more and more books that had nothing to do with medicine and they're mm -hmm. great works of literature. They were great books of poetry. Um, yeah, there were some John Grisham novels and so on in there as well, but they, they, they sat on the floor and the, and the nightstand of my apartment uh, during medical school, um, kind of coaxing me to the life that's going to happen after I get done with all this training and I have a little bit of time mm -hmm. now, now, so, so that was the beginning of really st starting to earnestly dive into great works of literature during medical school and beyond Chesterton and Lewis. They're a little bit more in my, my theological journey. And, and, you know, I, I'm a Catholic convert. My wife is Catholic and, and literally I always kid, but truth and jest, uh, we married, we married in 2000. We were dating for four years beforehand. It was 14 years of, of arm wrestling, uh, mm -hmm. over whether we should be Protestant or Catholic. And really the answer was always so much of his, um, defense of Christian civilization and his, his courage surrounding Hitler and Stalin that he was right about that I admire. And, and, and what I, I like to go to church with him because he had a little bit of a strain of anti-Catholicism anti in him and I'd want to show him mm. what he missed. Yeah. And I, I want to spend time with him and, and kind of, you know, needle him, you know, pepper him with questions <clears throat> at the right times before or after mass. But I'd want him to be a part of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the glory of the mass to yeah. see what he, and I would hope that, that a spark would fly where he would say, so this is what it's all about. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, fun segment question number three. If, uh, if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, a little bit further upstream uh, about uh, just living a, a, a life, a confident life of faith, uh, um, 
just like you, although you've taken it a little bit, you know, turned it up to 11. Uh, but uh, what would be that? Uh, what would be that piece of advice that you give a younger, a younger man? This sounds like a combo, but, but I'm cheating a little bit. The first thing I would say is pray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally being connected to God is, is it's the conduit to the true, the good and the beautiful. Um, and it's profoundly personal and it only deepens um, your connection with that, which is why we exist. But I would, I would hitchhike onto the pray, <clears throat> the, the advice I give to my daughters, which is take good risks. Um, mm-hmm. be bold and take good risks. Life, um, as Benedict the 16th one said, we were not made for comfort. We were made for greatness. And, and I, I just would want to challenge young men, especially nowadays. I mean, I challenge my young daughters on this, but young men are sometimes that many times they're, they, they feel like a fatherless generation. And I want to say, pray to God because he is there and he exists and he loves you and he will help you and take good risks. Be the fullness you were called to be. And you will not look back and say, I wish I would have. You will look back and say, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Amen to that. All right. Ta- Dr. Todd Warner. So this is, is we're going to wrap this up in both thanks, but also for all you listeners out there. Uh, and this is again, a little ironic or maybe not for as much time as, as Todd helps all of us get closer to our faith through these literary giants and all these great quotations todd you you are the quotable one okay and i i dare say in however many years uh, ahead here that people are going to be quoting some guy named dr todd warner uh in something that was written or uh, some transcript from a speech because you truly you have been blessed with uh with being a channel a vessel uh for for not only bringing forth other literary works and other inspirations, but also just your own, your own perspective and, and your faith is just so strong and so bright that uh, you're making us all better. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you for, for being here today. It was just a real honor to have you on the, on, uh, on Mana. So thank you. Jeff, thank you. This has been wonderful and you're too kind. Let's do it again. Thank you for listening to Mana. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.